You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut through the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. Katie Harris, and this is an episode of the Nursepreneur Podcast. Today we have Michaela Gibson from Prairie Elder Care. Um, Michaela, thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Katie. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't you start out by giving us a little background about you? Uh, what kind of nurse are you? And, and uh, we'll talk about how you got to what you're doing now. Sure. Uh, well, I am, I'm a registered nurse and um, specialize in dementia care. Um, I, my first job, uh, when I was 15 was as a CNA. So I've been doing this a long time. Um, and I grew up in a very small town in North central Kansas. And, um, pretty much that was the only option other than working for my dad on the farm. Um, and so that's kind of what led me to, um, senior living, uh, you know, that was, that was 30 years ago, unfortunately, you know, like I've been around a while. And, um, so 30 years ago, things were very different. Um, but the thing that I quickly realized is that, um, how special that bond can be between, um, a senior and the person that is, um, doing the, that very personal care with them. Um, so I think that was a real takeaway for me. And that was back in the era when they didn't have special um, units or neighborhoods for people living with dementia. So um, they were, everybody was just kind of together. And that, you know, just that environment was so hard for them and um, how you still could connect with somebody uh, living with dementia late into the disease process if you really took that time to connect and um, you know give them control so all right so you um, graduated went into nursing and started was it like a dementia unit that you went into or what kind of well um, we're kind of programmed I feel like in in um, nursing that if you are an RN and have your bachelor's degree that you should be working in the hospital and so um, I did that and quickly figured out that that just wasn't where my heart was and it just, uh, it wasn't a good fit for me. And I wasn't the best nurse I could be in that setting. Um, so I made what, my way back to senior living. And, um, you know, at that time, it was a, a big skilled unit um, that was uh, high Medicaid, but even, even though they were there for, you know, a shorter period of time, you still could get, build that connection with them. So it's a skilled I, unit in the hospital or was that like a separate area? It was after, it was after the hospital. So I worked on the med surge unit and floated to, you know, um, other units and just wasn't where, where my heart was. So, right. But I mean, the, the skilled unit, was it physically in the hospital or was it, it was, skilled? it was a long-term care. Okay. Um, and then I was on the, the skilled side. Okay. Uh, 
I did MDSs for a while, which also was not, you know, when you're an RN, you kind of get pushed into some of those roles. That was not where my heart lied. Um, and so um, uh, I ended up then going to a, a Village Shalom, which is a facility in Overland Park, Kansas. And I kind of say that's where I grew up as a leader and a, nur a nurse and a leader. Um, so my first job was as the evening house supervisor, which was great because all the bosses left at five and then we could, you know, you did have some time to spend with the residents and build those connections. Um, I did staff development for six years there and that was a great opportunity to learn some of that, um, the education piece. And it's one thing um, to know how to do something yourself, but to be able to teach somebody else to do it is a whole, That's hard. whole <laughs> other level. So um, that was a great opportunity for me to learn that aspect. And then also learn that, you know, how to mentor staff, how to um, put yourselves in, the, in their shoes, that type of thing. Oh my God, that, that's so uh, hard to do. <laughs> yeah, so I did staff development. I did, um, I was the director of nursing at a, a large long-term care facility. And I feel like the director of nursing is kind of the ultimate middleman. So you are, um, you know, you're responsible for what happens in the home. You're in the, you know, on the floor 24 seven, you have the families and the staff that you're in the residents that you're uh, the, the go between. And then you have corporate and whoever it holds the, the purse strings, you know? Um, and so it's kind of that ultimate middleman. So, and the farther up you get, the farther away from the person you get. So, um, I really missed that piece. Um, so in uh, 2013, my sister-in-law, who was a uh, elementary school principal, um, we got together and started a consulting company. So helping people kind of in crisis to find solutions for providing care and just how to make the next step, like what's the next step kind of thing. And we quickly found that there was a need for something different as far as dementia, dementia care. Um, so in 2014, we opened our first um, uh, home, Prairie Elder Care, um, and which are group homes for people living with dementia. Um, you know, I'm a nurse, but I, uh, I say made, but Mandy chose to get her CNA because I knew we would be, you know, even that, you know, eight years ago, staffing was a challenge. And um, so we worked a lot and built our um, mission and vision and um, quickly grew to, um, we added a second home in 2015. And then we had this dream of a, um, I'm sure you've heard of the Dementia Villages village that they have in um, Europe. And so we yeah, kind I was of- I thinking of those, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we kind of created 
the Kansas version of the of that. We feel like um, so we in 28 the spring of 2018 we opened um, our two homes on the Prairie Farmstead. So we um, built from scratch to two homes that are on our our farm where we have. Um, chickens, pigs, goats. Um, we have a barn that we use as our workshop. We also have um, our huge community garden, which was kind of our big project during COVID when we were just desperate for stuff to do and um, ways to stay engaged. And um, so yeah, that's been our big project recently. All right, um, let me let me sum up for a second just for everybody yeah. so <laughs> i guess it's a lot but so in 2013 uh, you were doing the consulting found out that uh you know there was a huge gap for dementia care you opened two homes uh between 2014 and and whatever those group homes did you you bought these homes and put people that had we, dementia in them we did we bought um ranch homes in um, residential neighborhoods. Uh, we renovated them. Um, when you buy an existing home, you're a little limited by the, the floor plan that you have. And so uh, you kind of add bedrooms and bathrooms where, where you can. In our, in Overland Park, where we live, you can only, um, you can have eight residents per home. Okay. Um, and where did the these regulations come from? Pardon? Where did these residents come from? Like, how did you find these people? Oh, most of it. I mean, the first home, we kind of got the residents that got were getting kicked out of other places because they were too hard. And, you know, when you're starting out, you kind of take who you can get. And that's, um, we did have the Alzheimer's Association and the KU has a, a great um, Alzheimer's Disease Center. And so we got a lot of, um, referrals from them, but mainly word of mouth, so. All right, was it hard to get them or did they come, were you like, oh my God, all these people need homes? <laughs> we filled up our first house in two months. So oh. from the day that we opened to the day the last, you know, the we filled the house, it was two months, which is fast for That's really first fast. Housing. Yeah. Right. So, and then um, you have to have 24 seven care on board with them or is it more? We relevant? do. Okay. We do, yes. And we do keep our model, we keep people through end of life. So we design the houses so that people can have, you know, mechanical lifts and have the fancy wheelchairs that they need because moving is hard for anybody and especially with somebody living with dementia. So we wanted it to be the last time they'd have to move. Okay. And then let me just ask this and, and maybe you don't want to answer this, but um, what kind of like financial outlay did this run you like to start something like this? Right. Uh, way more than we thought, which is <laughs> the case. Um, our first house all in was, and that was eight years ago, you know, so um, it was around 780, I think 780,000. So with the home and the renovations and all of that, and a second home was slightly more than that. So, and but then you were able to get these residents in, and who? Um, how do you get paid? We are private pay. So ours is either um, private resources or long-term care insurance is our other. Um, okay. But I did MDS is long enough to know that I 
if I didn't have to, I didn't want to have to go down that road. So. All right. And then in the spring of 2018, you already mm -hmm. had the farm, right? This is your farm. It's actually not. It's a, we bought, it was five acres um, on the south part of Overland Park. And so we, uh, it was, it was a farm though. It was just a piece of land. So we designed the homes, which was very fun to do. Um, we designed the homes and um, developed the property to add all of these features. So. Okay. And then when you develop these homes, what um, I'm imagining you put your dream features in <laughs> that the other homes didn't have. We right? did. I would happily live in one of the homes. So I, when you're uh, talking about it. I'm like, I kind of want to live here. This sounds awesome. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, wintertime, it's not a great time to be a farm animal. Like, you know, our pigs are like, this kind of sucks right now. But <laughs> um, so we designed the homes so that when a person comes out of their room, there's really, it brings you to the center of the home. So uh, a lot of times we'll have people that come from other settings and they're like, oh, my mom stays in her room all the time. She never comes out. But if you look out your window, you know, out the door and all you see is hallway both ways and you don't know which way to go or where you're going, you know, but if you peek out and you see people that that are familiar to you and you know oh maybe i'll have a cookie or whatever you know that's a um a lot more of a safe choice so um so we have a huge kitchen we have you know the the living room is you know open um we also have you know we stock our kitchen like we do like i do at home for my kids so we have um you know what they what they like what their sure thing is if they don't want what we're having for dinner we build our menus based on the likes of the people at the, at the homes um and our goal is really we have a chore board at the house like you do at home for your kids and so our goal is that they're engaged in purposeful activities so they they are a part of, of the home. And, um, you know, we have residents help load the dishwasher, they set the table, they help cut up the stuff for the fruit salad, you know, sweeping is another great one. Um, so they're a, a part of the community, so. Oh my gosh, I love this. Um, okay, so tell everybody a little bit about the model that you base this off in, in Europe. What does that look like? Right. So we actually, over the last eight years, have developed our, our engagement model. Uh, we had a great idea before the farms were, um, were built to write a book, which is not as easy as it, you think it's going to be. So it took much longer. <laughs> so it took much longer, but it's our engagement uh, model. And it's pretty simple. You know, I, I always say it's not rocket science. It's just treating people how you would want to be treated. So um, the, the foundation is, uh, well, the, our uh, tagline is giving back community connection and control. So control is the first piece. And that is giving people living with dementia the ability to make a choice. Now, that doesn't mean leaving endless options. So if you know that they usually either want waffles or oatmeal for breakfast, say, would you like oatmeal or waffles this morning? You know, like, so giving them choices where they can't make a wrong, 
a wrong choice. Um, setting them up for success. We we don't have the big get up list, you know, so we don't have the night shift get people up. People wake naturally, um, you know, and that goal is to have them engaged in meaningful activities so they don't end up um, feeling out of control, you know, which is what we don't want to happen. So the connection piece is the piece of having connections with their past life, you know, things they used to do maybe, um, being connected with what's happening in the house, having, uh, you know, you can have, you can have a connection with a goat. So um, it's just something that, that sparks something inside of you. And so um, that's what I think we really pride ourselves on is because we do meet their needs. We have have their needs met, then they can make those connections. Um, community is kind of when it all comes together. And I think that's um, one thing that we, during COVID, we did a good job of just create, having our little community within our homes. Um, we didn't have, because of our population, it's not safe for someone living with dementia to just be in their room all the time. So because we had it, so shut down as far as this, you know, nobody was coming in or going other than staff. Um, one of the things that's, uh, you know, one of the beauties in dementia is that they didn't really know how long it had been, you know, like it. it so as long as they're feeling like they're part of something that they are, um, have a purpose to their lives and all of that, um, that makes them feel like they're, you know, part of the community. So that's kind of our our engagement model. Yeah, I I, I love that. Um, and so when uh, they're able to, are they able to like leave the house or you know do they? I mean, how does that kind of stuff work? Um, yeah. So the home is secured, um, but our family members have uh, key cards, so they can come and go. Now they can come and go and. Um, yeah, it, you know, as the disease progresses, it's a lot more comfortable to, to stay, you know, that's why we have the outdoor space so they can, you know, the grandkids can come there, or they can come, you know, uh, sit by the koi pond or, you know, feed the goats or whatever. So, right. um, but yeah, they can, they can go out. Um, we do have a guy that goes to the lake every weekend. So, um, because that's something important to him and the wife is still able able to do that, so. No, that, that's great. So when you're talking about the goats, I was thinking about like, uh, you know, there's that yoga thing where they do yoga with goats. <laughs> that's something you guys do. I don't know uh, why I our goats are a little too big for that now. When they were babies, we, we could have tried it, but <laughs> um, yeah. So the, the goats we got when they were two days old and we had to bottle feed them and then the pig, the, our first pig lived at my house for a month. So like they, it was, you know, we're still very hands-on. <laughs> um, one thing that we also added in 2019 was our day program. So for people still living at home, um, it's a place they can come and socialize and be engaged in things that are, um, appropriate for their level of dementia and it gives the caregiver a chance to you know have a break go to the grocery store get their hair cut so um you know i feel like that's a big part is that 
before they make the decision to move, like, it, you know, that's a nice transition for them. Yeah, that is a nice transition. I mean, how long do your residents end up staying, especially if they go to end of life? Is there kind of an average or not yet? Or Right. Um, you know, it depends on the house. For some reason, we, you know, that's not a piece of it. And we're at like two and a half years is a, is an average. Um, okay. We have more male um, residents than we have and in our day program than we ever had, which is an interesting switch because we were primarily females for a, a long time. So. Okay. And what is kind of like your day-to-day -day role? Like what is it, what does your days look like? Yeah. Well, um, it changes every day. I still, you know, so this weekend I'm on call, so I am still involved in the day-to-day -day activities. Um, you know, my main goal right now is to help, helping to develop our leadership team. So we have a full-time nurse, we have an, another nurse that does call, we have our staffing uh, coordinator, our um, activity director, um, sales. So helping to develop them and put systems in place is what my um goal is, you know, currently, that's what I'm focusing on. Uh, we're also working on developing a um, way for people to, to connect that are outside of Kansas City. So um, we do have a, a big wait list. And you know, we don't have uh, you can't can't do bunk beds in, in our setting. So um, just trying to figure out ways to help more people um, in the meantime keep so. building houses <laughs> right the problem is finding people to work there that you know staffing we have not been immune even though we're a good place to work and we you know like during the height of covid um i worked the floor several times a week and i say i'm a really good nurse and med aide and a so-so cna at this point in my life so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So what uh, I'm going to go back a little bit, just kind of ask you. So you were doing the in sure. 2013, you were doing the consulting and then realized right. that, you know, a group home would be a good idea. But it seems like a really daunting process to go buy a house, renovate it and put residents in there. Like what made you think that you could do this and make it profitable? Right. Uh, well, I knew I knew that I knew how, you know, people sometimes get into this that are in real estate or are in, you know, they see it as an investment. And I saw it as a, um, you know, kind of my passion and my purpose. So, um, so it wasn't that it was just figuring out. So, you know, two females that are a nurse and a teacher, you know, essentially, to go and ask for a half a million dollar loan. We had to get creative, you know, with how that was gonna work. Um, so, and I do feel like there are still some barriers to being females, you know, in, in the business world. And so the one thing that I think Mandy, my business partner and I um, both agreed on is that, you know, we are both risk takers um, but we're also willing to do the work to back it up. So, 
Uh, I, I think that's so important. You have to be able to will. You have to be willing to risk things to to get anything right. done. Like so important. Um, you know, I love that you said because I I have a friend now who's in real estate who's like, oh, I should do broke homes. Like it's something simple that you can do. But um, you know. Right. <laughs> But right. I think that's probably why one of the reasons that you probably have a very dedicated wait list is because you approach this not from like, this is a good investment, but this is like, I'm right. going to change lives. I'm going to make an impact. Right. If you're looking for a way to make quick money, it is not this <laughs> or an easy way to make money. <laughs> Yeah, and the, the staffing is, it's hard, like even, even in a business like mine, where people's lives aren't at stake, it's still like, it's hard to find people to show up and make deadlines. And, and right, like, yes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as you get into your business, that's what your role becomes, you become like a people manager. <laughs> so. Right, I mean, you're like a, a therapist, a financial, you know, like you just help with I, you know, and I think that's the same, whether you're a nurse or you're helping the staff, like you just try to solve, help solve problems and help everybody be the best they can be. So, um, all right. So what is kind of like the big vision for you? Like, what do you see? Um, are you happy with the four homes that you have now? Are you looking to expand? What, what are you looking to do in the next couple of years? We have uh, one more piece of land that's next to it. So we are just waiting on the city, you know, everything's behind because of COVID. So we're ready to start building that third house. Um, and then we are working, like I said, on this engagement piece that can, um, you know, help people outside of Kansas City. Um, I think the other focus that I would like kind of beyond this role is to really help, um, change people's perception of healthcare. You know, it's, it's, since I've been in this since I was 15, it's sad for me to see this, something that I've always had a lot of pride in what we do. And just, uh, it's hard for me to see what it's become right now. And I think, you know, we're lucky in that, um, we aren't as affected as some places. I understand that, um, but I just think, you know, there's got to be a way to help um, encourage and um, just build up senior living and just healthcare and nurses in general. So no, I see great. that as a longer term goal of mine. So when is, is the book finished or it's about to be finished or when is it going to be? The book is finished. Uh, you can get it on our website at Um and a great way to kind of see what happens, uh, you know, a day in the life at, at our homes and our day program is to check out our Facebook page, um, which is just Prairie Elder Care. And we do a, a really great job and have a great involvement in like what's happening in the houses. And because um, I do think there is a stigma about dementia that is similar to like mental health sort of, you know, it's like the dirty secret and you don't talk about it. And so that's another thing that I would uh, plan on focusing on is just changing that perception and getting people to talk about it. Um, Cause the biggest thing that families can do is reach out for help, you know, mm -hmm. not talking about it doesn't make it go away or make it better. And so. Right. 
Awesome. All right. Well, Michaela, thank you so much for doing this interview with us. This was incredible. And I know this is, I've had a lot of people ask about elder care and I'm like, I don't or group homes. I'm like, I don't know. So I'm, I'm, you're the first person I've had on this topic. So I'm Great. making a lot of yeah. calls after this, but <laughs> so if they do want to contact you, where can they get in touch with you? Right. So I would go to our Facebook or our um, website, rather, uh, www.prairieeldercare.com. And yeah, I mean, the thing about our company is you will get myself or Mandy, my business partner, most likely, you know, so you do get that personal uh, touch that you might not get somewhere else. So awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Katie. Have a great day.